Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Yes, this is Les Chat. I am Miss Felicia. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left hand. The fabulous Miss Tony. Hey T. Hey Alicia girl, how you doing? I can't believe we've come to the end of the month. Where has the time gone, girl? <laughs> I know it's June already, child. It's been a long mm. day. It's hot up in this house. I didn't have the air on most of the day because they were fixing the water line outside. Uh huh. Oh, child. <laughs> As you call them, them grown up problems. <laughs> child, I was a grown up all day. I ain't gonna lie. I, it was a little scary in the beginning because you know they didn't really have no plan on digging, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, y'all ain't got a plan on what y'all gonna do. Oh Lord. How are they going to come with no plan, Lee? <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, God, they're about to just dig up the backyard. And for a minute there, it looked like they was just digging up the backyard. But <laughs> in the end, all in all, they rerouted the main water line. So I got a new water line. Uh-huh. And all is <laughs> right again in Leisha Land. <laughs> Well, that's a good thing because, you know, this, those Atlanta summers can get fierce, so you got to have some, some water and some, some A.C. How <laughs> you tell her? I was like, oh, no, I got to get that. That, that got to get done. But they well, that's a, a good job. thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, they did a really, really good job. Mm-hmm. And it was really neat. Um, the drilling was neat. They 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 um all the holes that they had they mm-hmm. closed those up you know around where they drilled and mm-hmm. 
I do have to do my thing. landscaping there. I do my grass in the back, but um, that's nothing compared to what it could have been. So, mm-hmm. well, that's good. <laughs> All well. But we want to welcome want- you guys to Let's Chat. You know, me and T, we get on here, we get to talking, child, and we be forgetting. But we ain't going to forget y'all for too long. We welcome, welcome, welcome y'all to Let's Chat. We got three fabulous guests today. We got author Larry Smith. We got authors uh, Brian and Akia Brown. Now, Brian Brown uh, is actually a CEO of BNB Records. So mm-hmm. it's exciting because he's an author, he's a record exec, and, you know, we love music here on Let's Chat, and we love when people come in. Now, Akia, I love her to death. We we met at the book signing. We were just talking. Child, we was talking. I don't even know what we were talking about, but it wasn't nothing about books. <laughs> we did. We was just talking. So it was a mm-hmm. pleasure to to really, really meet such a dope soul. And so it was really dope meeting both of them. And then we have mm-hmm. uh, my favorite. I love him, Joshua Gilliard. He'll be on talking about his new series, Opposing Views, that he has mm-hmm. with Xavier Wiltshire. So mm-hmm. they'll be uh, Joshua will be on later on today. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Our topic is Checkmate. Checkmate. Yes, our topic. Yes, our topic is checkmate. You know, a lot of times stuff goes on in life. You always got a challenge. You know, somebody is always, or it feels like something or somebody is always challenging your greatness. You know how people always say, you know, Monday don't want me to be great. Tuesday is not, you know, it's something that's always going to be there to challenge your greatness. But once Mm -hmm. you conquer those things, it's like checkmate. You know, you just kind of feel like, boom, I did this. That was me. And uh-huh. all of our guests have, um, they've had those times where something or someone in life has challenged them, um, their vision, their passion, their purpose, and they had to checkmate it. And so uh-huh. that's what our topic is. Yeah, that's what that's what the topic is today is checkmate because we all have those things that happen in life. And sometimes mm-hmm. fear and doubt, I was just talking to my cousin about this earlier, um, fear and doubt are your biggest enemies. It's not people. It's fear mm-hmm. and doubt. Those are the biggest enemies you will ever have. And really you're your own biggest enemy because once fear and doubt sets in, then you really kind of don't want to do this and you're a little shaky about doing this and you're not sure about doing this and it prevents you from stepping out. Sometimes, uh, we say this a lot, you have footprints in the sand that you try to follow, but sometimes there are no footprints for you to follow. So it's like you are blind, but you're still moving forward. And you don't know mm-hmm. where to place your feet. You don't know how to place your feet, but you just know that your feet are supposed to go there. And you just mm-hmm. trust that God has has given you the insight to place your feet in a particular spot and for that spot to be the right spot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. we have to do that. We have to do that. And a lot of things that we do as parents, as grown-ups, it's just part of life. But once fear and doubt Step in, fear and doubt will stop you from doing so many things. 
And so Mm -hmm. all of them have conquered that fear, that doubt, you know, your past, things, choices you have made. Those are choices. Those are things that you have done, and you have moved past that. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't keep um, allowing society, because society will beat you up for the same thing more than once, Mm -hmm. no matter how long it's been. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's good to be mm-hmm. able to step forward in your vision. Because if you didn't and you, you just succumb to fear and fate, Larry wouldn't have mm-hmm. his book. Akia wouldn't have her book. Brian wouldn't have his record label. Josh wouldn't be an actor. You know, Xavier wouldn't be an actor. They wouldn't have gone out and did those things because they would have mm-hmm. they would have paused and stepped back and said, okay, well, maybe not right now. You know how people are mm-hmm. like, well, maybe it's just not right now for you. No, maybe they mm-hmm. just feel that it's not right now for you. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times people reflect, they, they project their fear and doubt about what you're doing onto them. That's why me and T always say you have to make bold moves in the dark sometimes. Sometimes you don't have mm-hmm. to advertise what you're doing. They'll see it once you do it. You right. are not to advertise. They'll see what it is once you've done it. But once you start right. advertising and talking about it, they project their own fear and doubt because they don't see your vision. They don't see your footsteps. And it's not for mm-hmm. them to see, so that's okay. Mm-hmm. I like that analogy, Leash, about uh, not seeing the footsteps in the sand, but you still have to move because sometimes you have to move in order to see the footsteps that you've created to look back and see how far you've come. You know, or even someone else to see how 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 you have gotten to where you are trying to get, because you never want to forget how you, where you came from. So those footsteps are yours to make, you know. And I, I kind of like this this direction that our show is going tonight because, in a roundabout way, we really talk about that a lot on here on this chat. So mm-hmm. it's always great to get a good perspective of our various guests that have come to the doors of this chat because everybody has a story, and like we said, they wouldn't be where they are today if they had not made those bold moves. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. And at the same time, we're making those bold moves, not being scared um, in making Mm -hmm. those moves. You notice that sometimes when you make moves and you don't tell people about those moves, you don't have nobody to talk to. You don't have nobody to give you assurance. You don't have nobody to check back and make sure that I make the right choice. You don't have that. You don't have nobody to mm-hmm. bounce ideas off of. You just have yourself and you got God. You know what I'm saying? That's all mm-hmm. you got. Mm-hmm. That's all mm-hmm. it is. And That's it, right. it becomes difficult when it's like you you don't know if this is the right step, but you have no choice but to trust. You have no choice but to just do it. That's so true. It's so true. And don't let fear and doubt, like you say, be your big enemy and hold you back from your greatness. Absolutely. Or other people's fear and doubt. Because remember, other mm-hmm. people will try to sell you they, the dream that they have for you. Mm-hmm. Real, real for real. Somebody will try to, and you know, parents, we the biggest ones. We be selling dreams all day. And then the kids realize, you know, at 25, 35, that this ain't even what I want to do. My mama and my daddy was, we selling dreams all day. But somebody That's will so tell true. you they dream, right, for real. And then knowing that everybody is not going to see your change. 
Like mm-hmm. you change, you go in different directions. You're constantly changing. You're never the same person you were the day before yesterday. You're never the same person you were an hour ago. You are. We are mm-hmm. constantly evolving. And a lot of times when you make changes in your life, people don't see those changes, especially the people close to you. They're not going to see your change. And it's okay, mm-hmm. but they're not going to see it. Sometimes you have mm-hmm. to step by yourself. It's not going to be nobody there with you because why they don't see your change. Why? Because mm-hmm. they're not looking for it. They're looking for you to be the same person and not not necessarily because um, that's all you, they feel that's all you will be. Some people do. Some people feel like this is all you're going to do. This is all I've seen you do, and I don't see you doing nothing else. This is it. But sometimes it's mm-hmm. fear because if you change, they got to change. Mm-hmm. And they don't want you to change because if you change, mm-hmm. then they got to change what they're doing, how they're doing things. And they got certain plans that they have looped you in, but they didn't count your change. They didn't count any visions you had. They didn't count check back and see you got some passion, which what you got going on. You know, you got those people in your life that never ask you what you want to do. Like they never Mm -hmm. ask you what is your vision for yourself? Where do you see yourself going? They don't ask you that, but they will tell you Mm -hmm. what they want and how they want it. And and they expect you to follow behind them. And sometimes you have those people around you. that, And when they don't ever ask you, those are the ones you start cutting off. And it's not saying that, um, that in a bad way. It's just meaning that at some point in time in your relationship, there is a reset period. And that's every relationship, a marriage, everything. There's a reset period. And you're either going to reset together or you're going to reset separate. But you're gonna That's reset, true. and That's those true. people that and you do don't not to... go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, so you don't want to be put in someone else's box, and you're trying to get out, and you don't know how. It's filled up with everybody else's dreams in there for you to live their life instead of your own. Right, or you know how they expect you. You know, people always got what they expect you to do. Their expectations, their expectations for you, and sometimes their expectations is not much. They don't have that many expectations for you because they don't have a vision for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, but we they got a lot to say. <laughs> right. They got a lot to say. Everybody got an opinion, honey. Everybody got an opinion. <laughs> if we had a, a, a ounce of liquor for everybody's opinion, we'd all be good every day. But everybody got an opinion on what you're going to do and why you're going to do it and how you're going to do it. And if they mm-hmm. don't see it, I don't think that's going to work. I remember when I was pregnant with my son, I remember um, his his dad telling me, I don't see you making it. Mm-hmm. And um, I had got off. I, he, I, he, I started dilating early. So I had to stop mm-hmm. working a whole 30 days before I was even supposed to. And he was like, I don't see you making it. And I'm thinking to myself, what? I don't like people like that. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because I always see myself making it. Like, I don't care mm-hmm. what it looks like. I'm going to make it. I don't have no choice. I'm, I'm going to get it together mm-hmm. and do whatever it is I got to do to make it. Mm-hmm. But I know that God ain't going to leave me. He's not going to leave me. He ain't going to fail me. So because you don't see me making it, that does not mean that I'm not going to make it. And that That's goes true. for whomever is in your, your space and in your world. Because they don't see your vision working, 
that does not mean it's not going to work because they don't see mm-hmm. you, you know, not smoking and drinking and hanging anymore. That's mm-hmm. that's not that's not for you. That's for them. Mm-hmm. Because that you know, shows people, your growth as well. Absolutely, everybody's not gonna see that. You know, people like you better when you you drunk out of your mind, you high out of your mind, you accepting whatever from them. You know, they can talk to you any kind of way, they can treat you any kind of way, they can just do whatever. And uh-huh. then once you set up a boundary of this is not gonna work for me anymore, then everything is a problem. Thank you, it's a problem. That's how I believe that's how God starts pulling people out of your life because he will remove people out of the blue. Before you know it, a snap of a finger, y'all was talking on Tuesday and, and Wednesday, that's it. And you don't feel no <laughs> way about it. You know, but you ever had that? You don't feel no mm-hmm. way about it. And you would expect that you should grieve the loss of a friend or a relationship, but you don't feel no way about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how you know God removed them. (laughs) That's it. And that's it. Time to go. I'm going to be interested to hear how our guests, how they, if they encountered any, any um, people that had to, to be removed and not necessarily them removing them, but just being removed, like you said, by, 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 by God above, because he knew that they weren't meant to carry on with them. So I'm going to be interested to hear how they even overcame that. And, uh, and right. if they even realized that, that those people weren't supposed to, to stay on that train with them. And it don't have to be people, y'all. It could be a person, place, or thing. Going mm. to the club, okay. and all of a sudden you don't go to the club. You don't crave those things you used to crave. You don't desire to go out and do those things you used to do. Those things are just not part of the direction you're going in. And so when that mm-hmm. happens, people don't want to see that type of change. Because the expectation is, well, who I'm going to go out with if you ain't going out? Who I'm going to drink with if you ain't drinking? Well, uh-huh. I need this done. And who going to do it if you don't do it? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Who, you know, who can I get to do this the way you do it? I can't get nobody to do it the way you do it. I need you to be in the same place, the same mindset, the same position, so that I can use you the same way. It's stuck in the same rut. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Going around in a circle, you you on a uh, what is what's it called a uh, a uh, a bike, one of them ellipticals. Mm. You ain't going nowhere. You just moving, but you ain't going nowhere. But your feet moving, but you ain't going absolutely nowhere. <laughs> going going nowhere fast, girl. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> We're gonna take a brief break, and then we will be back with our first guest, the fabulous author Larry Smith. Uh, let's hit him with some of that, Xavier Lewis. Busting my tail on the nine to five just to keep up, try to stay alive. Promise my lady we gon' be alright. She be crying while she praying for a better life. Hustling on the side for a bag of rice. Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price. Gotta keep trucking through the Georgia clay. Gotta stay searching for a better day. Gotta keep my faith till make a way. Gotta get extended so the gas can pay. Sweet Georgia, hold me down. Keep my feet planted on solid ground. From the New York home to the Florida shine. Up to the Maryland, D.C. line. Back down south, red peach prime. Sweet Georgia, where I reside. Tell me why do I have to cry out? Tell me why should I even pray? Tell me why. 
dreaming of a day. I've been fishing for nothing just to hear you say. Well done, son, not a frying away. But my shoulders wake from the burden slave. Nothing's fruit from mistakes I made. Sweet Georgia, hold me down. Keep my feet planted on solid ground. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. We got one one announcement I want to make. The a uh, next weekend the Atlanta Expo has been canceled, and it's been rescheduled to September the fifteenth. But still, come out. It's still going to be the place to be here in Atlanta because they have. <laughs> Still have the AANBC Awards, the Black Writers Weekend. Everybody that's anybody is going to be in town, so still come through. Make sure you go to AANBC.com and get your tickets. Some They have a lot of free events. Check them out. Mm-hmm. Get registered. And uh, we'll see you next weekend. We have our first fabulous guest, author Larry Smith. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How y'all doing? Hey, Miss Leisha, Miss Tony. Hey, Mr. Smith. Welcome to the chat <laughs> room. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. You're, I'm so excited. You're very welcome. You now, for all of those. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I, I was just listening to y'all, and y'all just ministered to me so well today. I am. Oh. I can, I can, I can <laughs> dance like David right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we th- we glad we were able to do that, but sometimes you need that, and sometimes it yeah. comes from places that you didn't even think. Just that that thing just be there, yeah. And you got to hear it from somewhere to say to let you know that yeah, I might. Like, this not gonna work. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, about everybody who doesn't know your fabulous pen, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Well, um, I'm from Atlanta. And I grew up here uh, in a very, it was a very rough time for 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 me. Um, you know, I grew up in a time where where being a drug dealer was the cool thing to do. You know, it was it was, it was like what what entertainment is today. You know, being a rapper or or whatever the kids want to be today, being a drug dealer is what it was for us then. And, you know, so growing up in those times, it was, it was really rough. So anyway, I ended up uh, I ended up trying to sell drugs at a young age, about 14, uh, 15. And, I, and, and in doing so, I, I, I found myself being a drug dad at 17, you know, doing hard drugs, crack cocaine, cocaine, uh, smoking weed, popping pills, getting a lot, just, you know, doing a lot of things um, in the streets of Atlanta and just running around like a pinball, getting in a lot of trouble, in and out of jail. And that went on for many years. Uh, it became a battle between me and and drugs and addiction, you know, mm-hmm. for 20 years. So uh, eight years ago, uh, I found myself uh, in a place where I was suicidal. And... I wanted to die, and I tried to I tried to kill myself by overdosing, um, and uh, I found myself uh, trying to do that, and, and God's hand was on my life because I grew mm-hmm. up with you know with a, a spiritual grandmother. She was saved. Um, 
she afraid for me. She was a woman of faith, and uh, she she put principles, you know, and she sold it to me, and she prayed for me, and she taught me about the Lord. So, you know, when I got in trouble, I knew who to call on, you know. So at the end of the day, I got saved eight years ago, and I've been clean eight years now. I just celebrated eight years in April. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I just celebrated eight years in April, and in my seventh year, God told me to write the book. You know, he told me to tell the story. So that's how I came up with the book, and the name of the book is Seven Times, uh, and it came out of uh, Proverbs 24. Uh, For a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up again. So that's what that's what it's about. I love that. Now, I I got a question for you because you went okay. to seminary school. Yeah. So I did. What? So you you grew up, your life spent around, um it it was turned upside down. What mm-hmm. made you decide to take that particular step um in your life? Well, that was after I, you know, God touched me and he delivered me from drugs. I I didn't have to go through any rehabilitation, you know, no, there was, the only thing I did was detox and that was just to get out of my system. So I didn't, I didn't have to go through any rehab or any AA or NA or 12 program or any of that. God just completely took the taste out of my mouth. Uh, and that was everything. Uh, so that let me know that there was a call on my life, that God had delivered me, you know, so I started to pursue God. And that was one way of me, you know, trying to learn who he was and what his word said and how to minister to people. So uh, I went to I went to seminary to, to be a counselor. So I, I went to get my counseling degree. I haven't finished, but I am still pursuing it. So. <laughs> but when you going to finish? Well, I'm working on it. <laughs> you know, see, next, see, next time we have you, know, you in here. We- Next time we get you in here, we want to have that next book, and we want to have that you finished. Okay. All right. You got my word. That's that's the next thing we want. We want that next book, and then we want you to be finished. Right. Right. Okay. Amen. Now, on your journey, who was your – I know. You know what? We're going to get – we sending out there. We sending out the vibes that's going to get you where you need to be. Now, who was your biggest support system through your throughout your journey? Well, first it was uh, my church, which is Kingdom Builder Covenant Church. Shout out to Pastor K. Francis Smith. That's my pastor. He has been tremendous, a tremendous uh, leader. He's been a tremendous support, and he has taught me so much about being a man of God and walking with God. Uh, and being who God called me to be, and that's in in ministry, in the world, uh, in my family. You know, uh, he has had a, a huge impact in my life, and also my family. My wife, I've been married six years. Um, I got I met my wife at church, and I had three kids. She had four, so we have seven together and four grandkids. So my family has been a huge, uh, a huge support system. My church family and my family. 
Mm-hmm. And I was the person who, I was I was the guy at the end of the day, you know, when I got saved, I had lost everything. Lost my family. I lost my a job that I had been on over 10 years. Uh, I lost my home. I, I mean, I lost everything. So when I came to the Lord, I had nothing. I was homeless. You know, I was suicidal and all of those things. So for me to be here where I am now with a family and a ministry to go to with people that that love the Lord and um, that support you in your walk is, is huge for me. So that's where my biggest support is. Wow. That's quite a testimony. This is Tony, Mr. Larry Smith. Thanks again for so much for joining us and sharing your testimony. Um, I'm not sure how much of the, the show you heard, uh, Alicia and I were talking about, you know, the challenges that you're faced. And sometimes you have to walk away from certain things and certain people and certain situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, from your testimony, I can only imagine the things that you had to walk away or let walk away from you in order to get where you are today. Can you share some of those experiences with us? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, everything. I had to walk away from everything. Mm-hmm. My, when I when I decided to, you know, uh, when God touched me and gave me a way out and I decided to, to live for God, um, I had to change and leave everything. I didn't want to think the same way I thought. I didn't want to go to the same places I went to. I didn't want to, you know, be around the same people. I and I and I did this. Um, I, I I didn't speak. I had my I have three kids, and I didn't see my kids for a year because I decided mm-hmm. that um, I didn't have anything to offer, and I wanted to make sure that when they did see me, that I had everything to offer. So, mm-hmm. and that was just a decision that I had to make temporarily, but it was just that mandatory and, and just that important for me to start over um, with a clean slate, you know, and and, a, and to be able to allow God to have his way in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean everything. Mm-hmm. Well, starting with a clean slate. Yeah. And even now, you know, uh, that's like, I, I don't know if it's a cycle or something that you go through, uh, you know, every now and then where God will start to change uh, who is in your life and what you're doing and who you're doing it for and what he's doing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm having been pulled away from things now and people now, places now that have been, uh, that have been, I mean, not bad things. I'm talking about like in, in church, at work, uh, mm-hmm. in my family. I'm being, you know, pulled away from or pushed away from now. But I know that whatever God is doing is going to be uh, for the good. You know, it's going to be uh, for the betterment of my of my walk with Him and what He mm-hmm. wants to do in my life. So sometimes you just got to clean up, and God will clean up for you if you don't do it. Absolutely, and I'm glad that you said that because a lot of times, sometimes, you know, there's always a reset period uh, in your life, mm-hmm. whether it's it's a there's always a personal reset period. There's a relationships. Um, everything gets a reset period, work, everything. Mm-hmm. But the thing with the reset is that sometimes, like you said, that reset is for you to get, for you to clean up some things. And then mm-hmm. when things come back together, it doesn't come back the same way. You know what I'm saying? It comes back totally new. So that reset period is not necessarily where y'all reset and, and or you split 
you split um, directions. Sometimes the reset is for you to come back um, and everybody comes back in a different position. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you Absolutely. said that because some people will feel the way, like, you know, you especially have family. They feel the way. We don't see you. You don't call. And, you know, you have those people that don't understand, you know, yeah. they don't because they don't want to understand. A lot of times they don't want you to change because, again, your change requires them to change. It requires mm-hmm. them to change how they move, especially if they mm-hmm. want to be in your space. They can't yeah, move the absolutely. same way. They can't be around yeah. certain people and then be around you. They have to move differently. Mm-hmm. And so they got to mm-hmm. clean up too. Yes. yes That's right. Absolutely. So That's tell right. us, when you decided to sit down and write that the book, I know you said that, that God put it in your spirit to do so, but what was going on in your world where you were just like, okay, I'm about to do it, and you just grabbed that pencil and the paper and you went to bit, you went to town. What was going on in your world when you decided to just sit down and make it happen? Well, a few things. One of them was um, I was I was in a place. It was my seventh year of sobriety, and you know, walking with God and being in ministry. So, and I had heard that the seventh year is the number of completion. And I had to look at my life and and see what I had done, and and, and I wasn't satisfied satisfied with what I had done in those seven years. And I mean, I served and I I've done a lot of things, but those things didn't for me they didn't amount to ministry. It didn't amount to helping people get closer to God. It didn't amount to get, helping people get saved and get delivered, you know, and getting free. And and I know on my you know on the inside of me that. I had something in me for other people. So when I thought about writing this book, it wasn't for me. It was I was thinking about what can I do for God and what can I do to be a blessing to other people. And and this is what this is what I came up with. And uh, uh-huh. you know, and I really believe I heard the Lord tell me to do this. And when I started writing it, it just came out. You know, it was it was so. We went and it just it just flowed right out. So and I, I really mm-hmm. knew it was God doing. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Now this yeah, this is Tony, uh, Larry. Um, it seems to, as as I'm listening to you, seventeen is the whole such a significant importance <laughs> throughout life. You know, you have the seven year itch in a marriage. You have mm-hmm. you 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 know, and and that's real. You have your seventh year of sobriety, and the, mm-hmm. the number seven in the Bible, it holds uh, significance as well. When you were going through um, th- going through your sobriety as well as sitting down to write this book with the seven in your title, mm-hmm. how did you feel? What did you find out about yourself and, and how strong or weak you felt that you were at that point in your life, in your seventh year of sobriety? I, I knew that it was time to do something different. Um, so while I was writing this book, God spoke to me while I was writing this book. And because uh-huh. when I got to my seventh year of sobriety, um, I felt like time to do something then. But God spoke to me and said, no, it's not the beginning of your seventh year. It's the end of your seventh year that represent completion. So oh. so as I was writing this book, um the the I had a uh, I don't know if you want to say anxious anxious or uh sense of urgency on the inside mm-hmm. of me to to get to God's will for my life. 
Um, but that's what I was going through. You know, I, I wanted God's will so bad, and I wanted to do what God saved me to do, uh, you know, what he saved me from drugs to do, what he saved me from homelessness to do, what he saved me from being suicidal to do. I wanted to do that so bad. Um, so while I was writing this book and everything came out of me, once I finished, um, I felt free, and I felt free to do what God called me to do. And that's why I'm on the radio mm-hmm. now with you guys on the phone with you guys now is because, mm-hmm. I, you know, this isn't about me. This is about, you know, getting the opportunity to share this with the world, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I know there are so many people that are homeless. There are so many people that, you know, are suicidal. There are so many people that are drug addicted, that have lost their family, that are sick in their body. I went through all of that. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to reach somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I believe that's why I went through all of those things is so that, you know, I so many different types of people and, and that's, that's what it, you know, that's what, that's what my, that's what my anticip, anticipation was um, after writing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now this is Tony once again. I, I you know, you know, Lisa, this, uh, I, I, I really feel this type of subject <laughs> and um, I want to mm-hmm. ask you, um, Larry, Mm -hmm. I know sometimes people say that just because, and I'm just going to, I'm just using these as a parenthetical, just because my grandmother knew the Lord doesn't necessarily, I don't necessarily inherit it. You you understand Mm -hmm. where I'm going with that, right? Mm -hmm. So how, as you were going through your period for, for those 20 years, and then you come to a point in your life where, and your grandmother was, you know, she was a spiritual grandma. She had a principle. She taught you about God. Do you feel that even as she taught you or, or, or tried to instill in you the word of God, it, it resonated somewhere within you, right? But when you yeah. got to a point where you were with nothing, you were stripped mm-hmm. of everything, and you had to literally start up again to, to and as, and, you know, we say we'll, born again, born again mm-hmm. how deep were those teachings from your grandmother that you were able to pull out of yourself? You understand what I'm trying to say? I may not be saying it. In, no, um, no, no, no. I understand. You understand? Okay. Mm-hmm. But, well, it didn't start eight years ago. I, I started trying to get free from addiction and all of those things way before that. So mm-hmm. I had turned to God many times, and God always answered me. It wasn't that mm-hmm. he wasn't there. It's just I wasn't ready. So mm-hmm. so, so she sowed the seeds a long time ago, and they were there. Like, Scripture came up. I know I knew Scripture, and I was I was getting high. I was in the crack house. You know, right. uh, I, you know it didn't matter. I just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. It was a decision that I had to make to say, right. okay, God, you know, take my life, do whatever you want with it. And, and I wrote in my book, my prayer, my prayer the last time I, I used drugs was, God, I blew it. I blew it. I said, mm-hmm. you know, I told him, I said, God, uh, if this is what life is, I don't want it. Take my life or, or just let me die. And mm-hmm. he took my life and he did what he wanted to do with it. And, and here I am. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's just like really that simple. It was a decision. Mm-hmm. Well, he had yeah. to reach you where you were and in order for him to, 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 
have you fulfill your your journey and look put those footsteps in the sand, you had to reach rock bottom. You know, he, he had to pick you up. <laughs> yes, he, you know that song by Travis Green. He waited. Mm. He waited. Mm-hmm. God is so gracious and so loving, so patient. I mean, he's all of those things. And you know, I and, and honestly, I grew up thinking God was mad at me because mm-hmm. I was who I was and who I, because I was doing what I was doing. He wasn't mm-hmm. mad at me. He was waiting for me. That's it. And that's powerful. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, because see, is. this is the thing. He already knows what you want to do. He already knows right. how you want to do it. He's waiting for you to get where he wants you to be. And, I, and that's funny. I was just talking to um, my sister about this yesterday. I think that... God doesn't want to hear your promise. So, like, when you pray, you're supposed to pray for others. But mm-hmm. you know how you say, well, God, if you just, just this one time, if you just get me out of this, <laughs> I promise, mm-hmm. I just will never. He don't want to hear that. He want to see mm-hmm. action. He wants to see mm-hmm. you do it. He wants. Yes. That's how he knows if you're serious or yes. not because you stop talking and you just do it. He already knows what you're gonna say. He already knows what you're gonna do, and he already knows how long it's gonna take you to do it. You just don't mm-hmm. know. Absolutely. And a lot of times, I think we 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 miss that. Yes. We miss that small detail that he already knows that you don't mean nothing you just said. He already knows <laughs> that you, you. He already knows that you going out with Sarah later, right? You know, what yeah. I'm saying? he already yeah. knows. He he already mm-hmm. knows what it is. He's waiting for you to show him that you are serious and that you're ready. And once you yeah. start showing him, then so many things start happening to help you keep showing him. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. So let's talk about this this book too. What yeah. what could we look we what could we be looking for in book two? I'm already there. It's it's life after. Okay. Um, yeah, it's my it's what what my walk with with the Lord is. After mm-hmm. uh, addiction, after being delivered. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we look forward. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna do it. He's already given it to me. I just gotta sit down and do it. <laughs> you know, I procrastinate. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got that. <laughs> so. So yeah. <laughs> Uh huh. Yep, we got that. But that's okay because we didn't already put it out there. We didn't already put it out there, so it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So we're not even gonna worry about it no more because we're gonna have book two. We're gonna have a whole, a whole more than just a certificate. We're gonna have a whole diploma. We're gonna have a whole diploma. Amen. Speaking into existence. Now, if we were sitting here in 2020 talking about the things that you have accomplished, what are some of the things we'll be talking about? Um, well, we'll be talking about me traveling around the world, um, around the nation, um, sharing my story with people and helping people get free. 
and we'll be talking about transitional housing. And we'll be talking about uh, going out into to the world. Like my ministry is, you know, I'm not a I'm not a pastor, or I don't know if I'm a preacher. Or my ministry is to go out into the world and reach people. So I'll be I'll be going around the world reaching people, um, and and trying to build build transitional houses so I can help people to, to get a new life, change their life, to come out of homelessness, come out of drug addiction, you know, to come out of uh, being suicidal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's mm-hmm. what it would be. Do you see? Do you see with all of that? Do you see like a nonprofit in your vision of, mm-hmm. of something yeah. you may want to do? Yeah, transitional housing, and not necessarily just housing, but you know, giving people a blueprint. You know, the same blueprint that I follow uh, to get where I am today. You know, um, mm-hmm. so so that's what a, a curriculum and and uh, um, you know a program. I love that. Oh. Now, will it be just for men, or will it be for men and women, or you haven't thought be, about that yet? Well, I know I'm called to men, but it, it'll be for whoever. You know, I, I don't I don't put limits on God. I think God can do whatever. So, so if He wants to use me for men or for women and children or whoever, then, you know, I'm free and I'm open to that. Mhm. Wow. Well, we're talking that into existence as well. Amen. Well, let's talk. Blue, <laughs> let, the blueprint, let the blueprint be laid. Absolutely. Well, actually, it's, already been traced, it's already been traced out. See, it was meant for you to come on so that we can mm-hmm. go, because the fire is there, but you just let the, probably let the flame flicker a little bit. So now that the fire, fire is relit, we know that yes. those things were already placed there. I, I do believe that. God tells you things before other people tell you. You know how people mm-hmm. always say, God told me to tell you. Mm-hmm. If God didn't tell you first, then mm-hmm. he didn't tell them <laughs> to tell you. He told them mm-hmm. to them. But a lot That's of times right. it's something that you already know you're supposed to do. It's something that he's mm-hmm. already told you you're supposed to do. Now, because you didn't do it or you didn't move your feet, now he has to send somebody to affirm what he already told you you needed to do. That's right. That's so right. it's never a shock. <laughs> You know, for real, it's never a shock no, when they say it, because you like yeah, I've gotten a lot of confirmation. That. I've gotten a lot of confirmation tonight. So, okay. <laughs> well, you know, Mr. Larry Smith, no, they it, it, it says in the Bible when two or more come into agreement. I'm just that saying. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I'm receiving we know it. A little, we know a little something, something here on that chat. <laughs> Hey, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm blessed, and I'm going to go and do and do what God called me to do. Yes, I am. Amen. I receive it. So here on Let's Chat, we always like to do something a little fun. Um, okay. T always comes up with the the best fun questions. Um, so I'm excited to, to hear what she has for you. Okay. All I'm gonna say is, oh Lord, at least she fills me up, and I'm like, oh my God, I hope I, come. <laughs> I hope I live up to that introduction. <laughs> well, oh. once again, Larry, Mr. Larry Smith, <laughs> don't OT me, Miss Leash. <laughs> you see what she do to me, Miss. You see what she do to me. <laughs> but I want to thank you so much for joining me, Alicia, tonight and sharing your testimony and sharing your journey. 
because, you know, you never know who's listening and where they are on their journey that your story has touched. So we thank you for doing that. But your fun question tonight, you are so welcome. Your fun question tonight is, you are hosting a dinner party, like the, the, the dinner in the Bible, and you're able to invite four prophets and four youth to discuss the trials and tribulations and the, the avenues and the, the sand or creating that those steps in the sand just to give them a taste of, of where you try not to make a mistake and if you make a mistake, how to overcome it. What four profits would you have at your dinner table? Have just to junkie. share with uh, some, some young young some young with the youth. Uh, Joseph, Isaiah, uh, uh, Jacob, and I think I would have Moses. Oh, no. I love the story of Moses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It'll be Moses. Yeah, it'll be Moses. Okay, so you have Joseph, Isaiah, Moses, and I didn't hear the fourth one. Uh, Isaiah, Jacob, Joseph, and Jacob. Okay. Oh, that's a good, well, good one. That'll be a, a life-telling dinner table right there. <laughs> <laughs> I like those ones, Lee. Do you yeah. like that question, Lee? Was it up? That was, was a good one. one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Because I'm like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, wow, that, what they going to talk about? Like, right. <laughs> I, I think I'll be answering a lot of questions. Some good topics exactly. at that table. Mm-hmm. And you I said for that. you? Yes. You mean like young people? Yes. Okay. It would be David when, you know, when he was fighting Goliath. And then it would be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay. And I'm going to add another young young person at that table in today's time, a, a, a 18-year-old Mr. Larry Smith. How's that? Okay. Yes. Oh, you like that? Yeah, that would be, Uh yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I got a quick one for you. I got a quick one for you. If you could pick up a phone and dial back to the 18-year-old you, what are some of the things you would tell yourself in that conversation? I would tell myself to hang around the right people. I would teach myself who who are the, the right people to be around. Because I always pick the wrong people. And and, I, and every time I was ever in trouble, it was because I was with the wrong people. People that give do it to you, too. Your, your influence comes, comes from other people. Now, see, that's, it's it funny, Lee, to say that because if I had not done the dinner thing, I was going to ask you to talk to your 18-year-old self. So we're on the same, oh, wow. we're on the same wavelength, Lee. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, always, wow. we always together. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate so, yeah, that's you coming. Be... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. No, go ahead. Finish what you was going to say. Oh, no, I, I was going to say, um, so, you know, uh, what was I going to say? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. 
No way. Well, I would just, you know, I would just tell myself to, you know, to, to be around the right people. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna elaborate, but I forgot what I was gonna say. That, that's that's the biggest thing for me right mm-hmm. now. Is, you know, being around the right people, positive people. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. That because when I was young and I wanted to be around the drug dealers and you know all of these guys in the street. I never wanted mm-hmm. to be around a smart guy, you know, the mm-hmm. guy that was in school and that that didn't always look the part, you know, that, that looked weird or whatever. I didn't want to be around. But those are the people mm-hmm. that succeeded. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's a whole nother conversation we're going to have. We're going to have to have you back on because that's a whole nother, <laughs> nother conversation we're going to have right there about that one right there. Okay. <laughs> That's a whole nother, but I'm for real because so many people go through that. They experience that. They they go through that. You have people in your life that they need you to be small. They need you to feel mm-hmm. small because mm-hmm. they're small. So in them making you feel that way, it makes them feel better. But in some way, it didn't help mm-hmm. you to be better. It just made you feel better that you made somebody else feel small. And so right. in in that, you you kind of. Flock to people that are, um, you dumb yourself down to fit right. with the people right. around you. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a whole right. nother conversation because that's a lot of kids right. do today. They dumb themselves down mm-hmm. for their circle. We appreciate mm-hmm. you coming to kick it with us. We're going to send you another date for that one. That's a good summer talk for the, <laughs> for the youth right there. Amen. We appreciate yeah. you taking time out to come and kick it with us. We want you to shout out all of your social medias where everyone can get your books and any events that you have coming up. Okay. My uh, book is Larry Smith, and uh, that's just it. It was Larry Smith. And then you can find me on Instagram. My status is official. And you can find my book at lulu.com. Just type in seven times. You'll see it. Larry Smith. And it's also on Amazon. Uh, in in the book section, so, and that's it. Awesome! But thanks so much it. again for sharing your journey with us. Thank you for having me. I I really had a great time. I we appreciate to coming you. Back. We, we, yes, <laughs> I mean, we're gonna get you back. We're gonna have that whole another talk, and then we're gonna be looking for that book too there, and that whole diploma, <laughs> not certificate, but the whole diploma. Mm-hmm. We want the whole okay. thing. <laughs> Okay. See, he making time for that. He making time for that thing right there. He making yeah. time and space for you to do it. And so we're going to be yeah. making sure that you get that done. Okay. <laughs> we appreciate you. Right here. Y'all be blessed. Have a, have a have great a evening. Day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I enjoyed that, Lisa. Absolutely. This turned into like a whole mind, body, and soul segment, see, huh? It was, and you know, we love doing our mind. We should, that's what she do a mind, body, soul with that because that's the that was the feel that I got with that interview. Absolutely. Now this next guest we got, child. All I can say is, child. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. <laughs> Let me tell you about this one here. We got the fabulous Akia Brown. Let me tell you, I met her at the Hustle and Grind in Detroit. I actually met her a couple of years before at the AANBC Awards. She Mm -hmm. had a a table um, in the lobby, and she was selling her book there. But Mm -hmm. then I I met her again at the event. We were sitting right next to each other. I think we talked about everything but books. (laughs) 
She is truly, truly, truly a dope self. So I appreciate, you know, being able to cross paths with her. Welcome to Let's Chat. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us, Miss Akia Brown. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Now, we got to get into this book, child. Let me tell you, Tony. <laughs> I had to tell her, leave with the drama, leave with the drama, because the drama, when I say covert missions, uh-huh. <laughs> see, we book bougie here on Let's Chat. Tony, no, I'm really book bougie, and um, I'm always working, and so it's hard when I have to sit down and read, but Chai got up in that book. I was like, she was doing some, she was doing covert missions. Let's let's get into the book here. We gonna we gonna get into this thing because I got some questions. Cause okay. the title of the book is Beyond Love, but you you what you won't do for love, okay? <laughs> yeah, that that could be part of it too. But the title is Beyond Love because the way I love my husband is beyond what anybody will fancy. Absolutely. Now, for all of those that don't know you and they have not experienced your fantastic pen, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Um, well, my name is Akia Brown. I started my literary journey probably about three or four years ago, but I didn't really get serious um, until about two years ago, and it took me about eight months to really completely write, self-publish, and put out my book. Um, it, it really was a fascinating. It was a fascinating journey because it was. It made me reflect on all the stuff that I actually did in my life, and um, mm-hmm. it, it kind of surprised. You know, I surprised myself because some of the things that I did for love and just out of love, you know, I just did it second nature. Like I didn't think. I just thought like this is what I'm supposed to do, <laughs> and I just did a lot of things, but. Now, in hindsight, when I look back, I'm like, I was crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know I was risking my life, like my freedom. What was wrong with me? But I would do it all over again if I had to. Ah, mm. uh, honey, T, you got to, <laughs> you know, okay, so T didn't get to read the book. Now, you okay. have to tell a little bit about it. Um because I, as a reader, got some. I got some questions. Where Mr. Brown at? Because I got some questions for Mr. Brown too. <laughs> I don't know. He was supposed to call in. He got his own book, Living for the Sacrifice. So um, I have no idea where Mr. Brown is. He might be on his motorcycle because he ride a lot to like a stress reliever, and the time just might have slipped by. He probably ain't even paying no attention to the time. But. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so just a little bit about me. I was a teenage mom. I grew up in the inner city of Detroit. Um, and basically, I, um, you know, I had been through several relationships uh, before I met my husband. Uh, my husband is, well, used to be on America's Most Wanted. Um, and he basically turned his life around from being, quote, unquote, a street kingpin to a corporate mogul now. And, um we both born and raised in the city of Detroit, and um, we've been through a lot together. He did a 10-year bid. I did the whole bid with him. Um, Mr. Brown is actually calling me now. Let me make sure he uh, tune in to this call. But um, okay. 
just to get to the juicy of the book, uh, in my book, it's a true memoir of my life, and it talks about all the things that we've been to till I got to phantom or I got to the realization of why or what I would call beyond love. Um, during my husband's incarceration, we had two kids. I broke into the federal penitentiary. Um, <laughs> wait, yeah, you broke in. Wait, wait, you broke yeah, in. By you broke in. See, Akia, we, we, yes. we talked about Lee with the drama. She trained for 30 days. She trained, she got her a trainer and trained for 30 days. To break because in I had to run a mile through this cornfield in order to get to him. This was no. Oh my goodness! <laughs> right, we was in a backpack on my back. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, yes, he was. Can y'all hear me? Hey, Mr. Brown, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? She done got me looking for this book on Amazon. That's what she's doing. <laughs> we talking about her covert, Mr. Brown, we talking about her covert oh. mission. You know, Mr. Brown, oh. I just want to say your wife loves you. <laughs> Man. Uh, uh, uh. Now, Mr. Brown, now that we got you on, we want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself. She did tell us a little bit about you, but we want you to talk about your literary journey. What made you decide to sit down and, and write your book? Um, actually, it, it was a friend of mine and my wife, you know, like we were just talking about my life and just talk about some of the things I've been through, um, you know, some of the adversities I had overcame. And it was just like, man, somebody just got to, got to tell your story. You know, and then that's how it all started. Yeah, now, but, Mr. Um, Brown, you're an executive mm-hmm. as well. So how mm-hmm. did how did that work? Because that that's that's you the the CEO of DMB Records. So how does that work? Because that's a lot of work all in itself to have your own right. record label and then decide to write a book. So how did you decide to? What, what was the transition? What was going on? I know that you had people that were tapping on your shoulder to do it, but what made you? What was going on at that point that made you decide to say, I, I think I'm ready? Um, well, I've been ready, and I'd already have been writing. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't nothing to it but just to do it like any other short that you take on. You know what I'm saying? Um, it wasn't one of those situations where it just it had to be all the, you know, every, all the I's had to be dotted and T's had to be crossed. You know, um, and that's kind of like how my life has become, like, so effortlessly easy because when it's something I have to do, I just immediately get it out of the way instead of just letting things pile up, trying to wait for the perfect moment. Hmm. So you make your That's own moment. That was a word for huh? somebody. I said that was a word for so many mm-hmm. people. Everybody That's always right. waiting for the right time to do something. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's never really no right time. Absolutely. Now, Let's talk about when y'all got together. I I read her book, so we know a little bit about the story. But mm-hmm. um, what 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 was it that drew you to Miss Brown? Um, 
because you I already got the. Eight. I already just so you know, I read the book and I know that dresser thing. That uh-huh. wasn't. Mm-mm. Right. Well, you know, I, I was I was raised I was raised in the hood myself, but I had a you know experience a little bit uh, of of a lot of different varieties of cultures and women, and so to speak. And I always been moved by you know what I'm saying because they have been born in so much pain and adversity. You know what I'm saying? They can be able to kind of like understand and digest some of you know what I'm saying. My past transgressions along with deal with me if I have to face any. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, when we deal with them, them silver spoons or the people who haven't really been through too many adversities when any kind of, you know, uh, drama or trauma happens, you know what I'm saying? You, you damn near got the, you know, service and nervous breakdown before they can even begin to aid and assist you and whatever you're going through. You know what I'm saying? So when I met her, you know what I'm saying? And, and the, the hood that gave her the name, nigga, what? I'm like, okay, she got the key. <laughs> Blessed with a lot of depth, uh, you know what I'm saying? A pain, smile, depression, and birth of your goddamn self. You know what I'm saying? And she wasn't yeah, barring none. So. She had it on her, her license plate. Yeah, license plate, the door of her car, you know what I mean? Across her forehead and in her crown. You hear me? She wore that shit. <laughs> Wait a minute. When I read that, I was like, I see her now. Hey, baby, this is what you want. Right. And then she, she was proud, and she was proud. You know what I'm saying? What, what, what did say? You the what? Yeah, she's she, yeah, yeah. Look, And look at you with it. Like, with all the nigga what in her, in her delivery. Like, nigga what? That's what it say. Miss <laughs> Brown, you got to tell us how you got that, that name. I don't. Actually, I don't know who started it. But it was like a hood name because I had just been through so much with my daughter's father. And I, I've only had, like, for real, two real, real relationships with my daughter's father and then with my husband. But, you know, just through the trials and stuff that we used to go through, like, once I was done with him, I just that's just how I carry every guy. You know how when you break up with somebody and niggas know, like, mm-hmm. that's a good girl and they all be trying to come at you. And I just carry niggas. Like, nigga, what you want? Well, you can't do nothing for me. Like, what? And they like, damn, nigga, what? And then it just stuck. It just, <laughs> and I just roll with it. <laughs> no, you ain't roll with it. You brought it to life. <laughs> she did. Mm-mm. She did. She wore that thing, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Like, I Man. Was, like I done known her forever. I read that book. I was like, child. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Now let's fast forward because you guys, you you had the life that you had, you know, and we were talking mm-hmm. about that. Our our topic today is checkmate, and we were talking mm-hmm. about how sometimes everybody doesn't see your change. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. around you expects you to stay the same, um, mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten, it's because your change requires them to change. But coming from the life that you came from, how did you? Um, what are some of the things that you have to do um, when making those footsteps? Because, you know, we always talk about you make you have footsteps in the sand. But when you make a change in your life, sometimes you make mm-hmm. steps and you can't even see where you're supposed to put your feet. It's just like, right. I'm, I'm going to do this right here. So how right. did you handle that change in your life where you had to um, totally – um, make that change because we read a lot of street lit books, so we can read about mm-hmm. somebody making that change, but somebody that's actually had to live it. 
Um, it's a little mm-hmm. bit different of a walk. Right. I guess I can say, you know, um, just extensive research, you know what I'm saying, from relationships to business to everything, you know, like uh, that, that's what a success comes in, research. And then in doing my research from just a, a family life perspective or relationship life perspective, just a typical society's way that, you know what I'm saying, that we were mostly bred to believe in wasn't working for a majority of people that I knew. You know what I'm saying? So that that made me become optimistic. Like, it got to be another way. You know what I'm saying? And I started beginning to be, like, pro-government, pro-relationship, and not to the point where I'm anti-anything, but with me knowing that the way that I've been schooled and I've been taught is not working for not me, my ancestors, my ancestors' friends, my family, it ain't working for nobody. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to do something different. You know what I mean? And I just – and I – um. From studying like theories of human development, natural law, and you know, and human nature and stuff like that, coupled with you know what I'm saying, the way society is changing, you know what I'm saying, it gave me my own mantra of way of life. And with that own mantra, and as I started living and and and, and going through and experiencing and trying and testing, you know what I'm saying, like like cause and effect situations, things were actually working for everybody outside. You know, it was just working. I was able to bring balance to any solar situation that God put before me, and mm. And that, like I, like I said, that in itself, you know, made me recognize, like, okay, I'm doing something right because everybody's happy. So then when he started saving my life from death, you know, from a physical perspective, you know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. a liberty perspective, I knew, like, my life couldn't be for me. So I had automatically, like, you know what, I got to be here for something outside myself. And what it, I, I had to hone in, like, what could it possibly be? So it was that new way, that new optimistic way that approach that I had a life that where I was providing so much life to everyone else, I just attributed it to that. So I just started putting a 10 on it. You know what I'm saying? Like any any those situations brought before me, I'm to, to provide the essence of my man as I know it to be, to give forth life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and in doing that, that, that became who I am, living for the sacrifice, Mr. Living for the sacrifice. And that's when... Truly, my wife fell in love with me. She fell in love with him. She ain't fell in love with the, the guy that was before all of that because I was none. I wasn't nothing to love. For real. You know what I mean? I didn't know nothing about, you know, um, karma and you know, karma is the governor of my life. I didn't know nothing about that woman is God's choice, supreme being. You know, I didn't know none of these things until, you know what I'm saying? I came into fruition of studying. You know what I'm saying? You know, human development, natural law, human nature. You know what I'm saying? And all those things that taught me the value and, 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 and uh, of women. You know what I'm saying? The value of life and, and, and karma is the governor, you know, of everything. So when I put all those things together, that's what came, you know, to, that's why I came to be and start doing what I do um, and making Absolutely. that transition. And, and, and it was definitely easy, too, you know what I'm saying? Because it feels good to make somebody else feel good. Matter of fact, Absolutely. it feels great. It does. It really does. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. but the dynamic of your relationship is so different. And I'm going to shoot this mm-hmm. over to to, to Miss Brown because you guys have an open marriage. And so Miss mm-hmm. Brown, going from mm-hmm. nigga what? Because that, that, <laughs> that just, just being just strong, just strong and independent and set mm-hmm. um, in you. How, how mm-hmm. did you maneuver that change to, to make him outside of the streets? Because I know that as a woman, we see inside out. So we see inside of you before you see inside of yourself. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But how did you maneuver that? How did you take that and be able to walk in your change as he walked in his? Well, um, actually, the, the, because I loved him so much, that's what kind of made me change. That's what kind of, you know, made me drop the nigga wood and, you know, and be more nurturing and, and healing and trying to, you know what I'm saying, change that attitude. Like, okay, I, I don't got to be like that with him because, you know, he really do love me. He really, you know what I'm saying, he is about that life. And really, you know, I always ask for truth and honesty and, and relationships, and I never got it. And once he actually gave me the truth, you know, raw and uncut, like, I asked him, like, um, I heard you was out with such and such at a, you know, at a concert. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's my white girlfriend. And, you know, of course, that was like a shocker to me because he wasn't supposed to say that. He was supposed to lie, <laughs> you know, because that's what I was used to. But once he told me the truth, I'm like, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? And like, it, it, like, stunned me. So then I had to be like, now, I asked him for the truth. He gave me the truth. Now, I got to respect it. And I always be like, tell me the truth, and I'll let you know if I can deal with it. And at that point, you know what I'm saying, I loved him so much because he gave me the truth. I'm like, okay, so he got a white girlfriend, you know. And then as time went on, you know, while we was doing our bit, you know, of course, I, I reflected back to the nigga where, like, you can't be telling these, you can't be telling these bitches you married. You can't tell them you got somebody else. You gotta be leading them on or whatever. And it was another cause and effect. You know what I'm saying? You really think that I don't be telling everybody about you? You really think that I, don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't tell people I got a wife, and we weren't even legally married at the time. He'd be like, I tell everybody, you know what I'm saying? This is my wife. She's been being with me since day one. You know, she been she been here. She been beating these doors down. You know, I can't do nothing but love and respect her for being there for me in my most handicapped state. So it was a situation where he set up a visit, and we all visit, and you know, the girl walk in. You know, I'm still nigga. I'm kind of nigga wasn't it? Like, yeah, I want to see what this bitch finna say. And she walk in like, hey, nice to meet you. You know what I'm saying? I heard so much about you. I just want to let you know that I'm not trying to, step, you know, step on your toes. I just want to love Brian like you love Brian. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, she can't be serious. You know? But if, that, again, that was another shocker because it was a show and prove. Like, he is telling them about me. You know what I'm saying? He not lying. He not running gas. Okay, as long as he's still giving me the truth, I can rock with him. I can rock with it. We can roll. And it just intensified as the years went on. We 19 years strong now. Three, four wives later. <laughs> well, wife and law. Give or take. <laughs> right, give or um, take. Hold, give or hold take. Give or take. I got you. I just, yeah, just got to say, this is wife 101. <laughs> she's been married for like 25 years. Uh-huh. Man, yeah. Brian and Akia, y'all just came in here and just, just, I'm I'm all over the floor, just flown out, thrown out. I don't even know where to go with this conversation. I don't even know how to interview you guys anymore. Y'all done just threw me off my game big time. <laughs> oh, my Lord, where do I go? Where do I take this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh I got it. Goodness. I got you. I got you. Okay, so Mr. Brown, knowing how yeah. she is, knowing how mm-hmm. she moves, knowing how mm-hmm. she stands, and 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 mm-hmm. the things that um you know about her, mm-hmm. how did you 
bring that to her? And how long did it take you to get her to come around to your thinking? Because I know it wasn't well, like overnight I, I, where you bought it up and she was like, okay, cool. I, no, I, I no, absolutely was, know that wasn't it. No, 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 no. Hell no. Now, it was a situation <laughs> where, you, you know, no, like. He was actually, parking lot pimping and everything for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it actually it actually happened in prison when she was like she kind of she really asked to marry me, and I was like, baby, like I like I love you, I unconditionally love you, but I don't think I'm supposed to be married. You know what I'm saying? In essence, I, I'm married to my purpose that I feel like has been giving my grace and salvation for my life all of this time. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if I'm to get married from a society perspective, in a society society way, and I run off to the white picket fence, all this pain, trial, tribulation, adversity, and error that he blessed me with for me to be able to have make, use those things, navigational tools, to help any soul or situation he bring before me, you know, since I feel like he just take me out the box. I drive and a, a light pole fall on me or some shit. I don't know. But I just feel like I'm not supposed to be married, and if I am supposed to be, I'm supposed to be married to my purpose. But if you understand that and you can respect that, you know what I'm saying, I'll marry you. I will marry you if you can understand and respect that. And along with aid and assist me, I mean, let's do it. And she was like, I can believe. But then, uh, then again, the nigga what kicked back in because you know, it's, you know, she, you, and you know how, and you know how, and you know how y'all are as women. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all want to push the envelope. Y'all don't want to just sit back. You know what I'm saying? Allow men to take the pace. Like he tells you what it is. What no, y'all want to push the envelope. Yeah, y'all want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying like I'm just saying like most most no 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 most women no most most women you know what I'm saying like 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 y'all like most women when they get a guy they want to kind of like mold him to what they think the guy should be for her like she didn't fell in love with this certain guy and then once he commit you know what I'm saying now she started nitpicking little things to try to change to make him just solely for her. You know what I'm saying? Instead of like the actual person that she fell in love with, and, and in essence, when he makes that change, believe it or not, most women lose interest in him now. You know what I'm saying? They don't even have to be back because he's not the he's not the same dude. You feel what I'm saying? Like he's not the dude that y'all fell in love with. He fell in love with that charismatic, that outgoing, that you know what I mean? What's that? Whatever, whoever he was at that point. And what happens in those marriages and those type of situations is, you know what I'm saying? Like you can be a powerful force in in, in nature by yourself. He can be a powerful force in nature by himself. But when we get together, you know what I'm saying, instead of us being secure with who we are in, in our relationship, we started, like, being insecure and nitpicking at those certain things to corner him off to be just for you. And in return, his reflex is to do the same to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now you got two powerful people are now not even as powerful as they are together as they are individually. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you know, it, 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 so now, it, now then other things start happening in the relationship. You know what I'm saying? That 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 makes it even worse. But for the most part, let me get back to where I was going though. But um, it wasn't an easy job in regard to, you know, um, me allowing or having my make my baby understand like who I was. It was a constant cause and effect, show and prove. Like she tested me every day. No, I did. Yeah, yeah, every day, every day. I'm telling you, every day. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm the type of person like, you know, like it's all or nothing with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's either you gonna be it or you ain't. You know what I'm saying? And even in my situation, even in my situation, and me being incarcerated, I took her off the list. You know what I'm saying? But the, the, like how she is, she'll ride her ass all the way up to Ohio, <laughs> just to see. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? Who coming to visit? She want to see who on there. You know what I'm saying? But you, y'all, I'm, I'm serious, man. And, you know, but for the most part, it, it was a whole, like, I had, had to go through a whole lot of just letting her know, like, no matter who comes in my life, who I deal with, I'm committed and I'm loyal to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you chose me. And at that point, I, I didn't been through enough of my life to know, like, okay, I'm not that smart. You know what I'm saying? I keep making these bad decisions. I think I want a light-skinned girl with long hair that's going to serve me fine, and I keep getting abused by these people. So I'm going to love who love me. So when she came along and she chose me, that was it. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm, I'm already loyal and committed by nature to whatever I do. You know what I'm saying? So when she proved to me that she was loyal and committed to me, came nothing coming in between that. Not this lifetime anyway. You know what I'm saying? Now, next lifetime, we might can see what, what, what's happening. You know what I mean? If we're not complimenting each other in next lifetime, but this lifetime, this woman got me. Wow. And, and, and let, until, she, until, she, until she chooses to leave me. Mm. But I'm not leaving. I'm not going nowhere. And I'm, and I'm not going to put no, and I'm, and I, and I'm saying, and I'm not, and I'm not going to put no, and I'm not going to put nobody before you know what I'm saying? Because I said, like, I don't even think nobody have an opportunity to prove to me how she proved to me, you know what I'm saying, that she's there for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I was truly, when she came on, I was truly in a handicapped situation. I was incarcerated. You know what I'm saying? No matter how much money, no matter how much money you got, when you're incarcerated, you are nothing. Like, you at the hems of everybody and everything. And your family and friends and whoever you got, what you can do, you wrong. And it have happened. It have happened. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, like, when she proved that in her situation, when she was working at Chrysler, quit her job at Chrysler, moved down the street from me, what more can a nigga ask for, to, to, for, for a, a sign and a symbol that this is the one that really loves me? And, and she that's quit all true. The, she quit all the Leah Coca. She, 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 she said I had more better benefits than Leah Coca at the time. That's who was running Chrysler. <laughs> But that's true. This is the thing about love. When when you want to know if somebody like really loves you, you watch them, and right. you don't have to ask them to do things. So you know mm-hmm. you get those people that be like, I didn't ask you to do that. You don't have to ask. They just do right. it. And when they start moving in the ways, and you are watching their movement, then you know. Mm-hmm. Now, Miss Brown, mm-hmm. for you, what 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 were you feeling when you were going through the process of? Um, accepting this relationship that he was presenting to you, the way he was presenting it to you, what what type of things did you get from Mr. Brown that you needed to solidify your your choice? Like you know, like just like most women in in, in a relationship, when I was with Brian or Mr. Brown, you know, I was looking for the love, basically love, raw, uncut love. I just wanted somebody to love me like I love them, or at least half as much as I love them. Cause I, I love, I know I love her, and I just wanted somebody to be able to, you know, just be there for me and provide that security that, you know, no matter what, I'm gonna be here for you. I'm gonna have your back. Nothing's going to be able to come between our relationship. You know, I'm not going to be, you know, giving you the flim flam line to you, switching up on you. You know what I'm saying? How you looking stupid in public? Like, just, you know, and he gave me all that. And once he, once he started giving me all that, it, it was, I mean, it, everything else was second nature. I know what I, I, I know what I need to do to secure him. I know what I you know that's what right. I mean, I know. I know what I'm going to get my man. 
got to see this. Yeah. They is like the cutest thing. They are so cute. They are so cute to me. They are just absolutely cute <laughs> to me. Now, outside of... Like, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I just, you know, and then just after being with, with him for so long, it's like, you know, I, I never wanted to be dull. Like, I'm always inventing something to just let him know that, yeah, I still love you like we first met. Like, I'm always trying to reinvent the love, love. that I have for him or just show him that no matter what, I'm here for you. I don't care how many times I get mad, how much, you know what I'm saying, I get frustrated, how many wives come and go, I'm still right here. I'm not going nowhere. And that and that's the problem in a lot of that's 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 the you know, that's the problem in a lot of our marriages or relationships, like we don't reinvent love. We don't reinvent that feeling. You know what I'm saying? That has to be reinvented. Like we get complacent, you're like, Okay, we committed so we I can just sit back and we now we start doing us. You know what I'm saying? No, we got to keep reinventing that same feeling to make him say, you know what? I'm choosing you. Or I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep reinventing that. Absolutely. Now, I got a question because you guys had a reality show that kind of, it fell through mm-hmm. um, because of the court issues that you had. But I have a question because you have mm-hmm. a record label. Have y'all ever thought mm-hmm. about doing a, like a production company and putting out your own show? Instead of waiting for other people to do it for you, um, yeah, and and I didn't pretty much we didn't pretty much doing that now. You know what I'm saying? It, it, right. it, it, I got got her book and script writing. Um, I didn't already done a documentary. You know what I mean? So, uh, and and believe it or not, like the same people that actually the, the Hollywood producers that came here, um, to actually film the show, they were just working for a Lifetime. Actually, they worked for a lot of different networks. And they so infatuated with me, like, they, I go out there next week, and they want to talk about several other issues, you know what I'm saying, or, uh, uh, opportunities, you know what I'm saying, in regards. Because we just got the exclusive right from Lifetime to allow us to do whatever we want to do. So, you know, although we, we could have... We were just talking about that. Yeah. At the end, yeah. I remember asking her about... That is awesome, y'all. Yeah. We had to yeah. wait. We had... I had a couple of... Um, shows that was looking into me, but I couldn't do nothing because Lifetime had us in the contract, and the contract mm-hmm. wouldn't allow us to, to even move forward because they didn't want us to take their storyline, but they never, you know, they never aired it. I mean, it's just sitting on their shelf waiting on, you know, the, the end of his court case, and of course, by that time, you know, this is two and a half years later, the story, you know, that storyline is old. It's two or three more storylines just like it. But I ain't going to say just like it because ours is exceptionally different. You know what I'm saying? And it can never be the Absolutely. same but or duplicated because nobody's I, – I doubt if they can run into a woman that thinks how she thinks and lives how she lives and run into a man that thinks how I think and live how I live. You know what I'm saying? And ain't um, nobody training for 30 days to do no covert mission. That ain't happening. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? So – you, you know, but um, all that stuff is be all that all that is being put into play now as we speak. I love it. That's, that's awesome. As we speak. Now, outside yeah. of music, outside of books, um, you guys also have a real estate company. Yeah, I, 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 uh, like music and and BMB is his baby, and Brown Community Builders Property Management is my baby. 
like yeah, when I heard. met him, I was already into real estate and, and, and properties and, and property management. And he, I, honestly, when I first met Tina, he was into music at the time. He actually was into the music industry. But, you know, he, that went... You once he went to jail, you know that kind of fell to the you know to the side. And honestly, you know he he it kind of rubbed him the wrong way, and he never really thought that he was gonna get back into the music. But him living for the sacrifice, somebody ended up bringing him. He he was introduced to Charlie Baltimore, and her drive for music and to get back in the industry is what really drove him to be like okay. You know, I'm going to stand behind her. God put her in my life for a reason. This is what it is. This is what she want to do. I'm going to help her. I'm going to back her. And, you know, at, at one point, she became a wife-in-law, and that's how B&B Entertainment got started. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The day I met her, I had the studio built in 40 days after I met her, and I had um, embraced her pain, you know what I'm saying, from her uh, past trials and tribulations and, and her passion that she still has for music. That you know what I'm saying was uh, I guess untouched on or untold, you know, and that drove me to build that studio that I have, my first studio in like forty days. Forty days. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I've been in the six months. Six, six, six months from that, she was nominated for Female MC of the Year alongside Nicki Minaj, Angel Hayes, Iggy. You know what I'm saying? Um, that year. That, that they had all that and she was nominated and, and and we haven't even put a record out we just put out a mixtape it wasn't even really a, a solid record on the radio at that time yep that was back in 2013 wow wow now this is Tony I, 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 I'm still trying to uh, wrap my mind around how to go <laughs> with this direction to go but I just have to ask now do all of the the now, does all the wives and law, wives and law living under the, under the same roof? No, 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 no. Everybody, no. everybody got their own residences. Okay. You know what I'm I have, I have, I have too much respect for women. You know what I'm saying? And their space and just everything about them for you know for me to like be like that. Like, you know, that's okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's fair, honestly. Okay. Okay. I, I can see that. I mean, my, my, my thing has always been, like, the, you know, the bed that my husband and I share is sacred between us. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, and then I'm not into women, so. Mm-hmm. Now, I have another question, guys, Mr. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brown. Actually, it's for Mr. Kia. If this was any other man other than Mr. Brian Brown, would you be in this type of situation, do you think? I doubt it because I don't think it's another man out there like Brian. Like, okay. I don't think it's another man that will be able to captivate my soul like he has. It, it just, it's just, it's just, un, it's just, I don't think it will ever be able to happen again. You know, like, it's things that. It's not just, you know, oh, because he, you peanut of Detroit or he missed the BMB. Or anything, Mr. Living for the Sacrifice. It's just, to me, that's just Peanut. You know what I'm saying? Peanut from Uncle Warren that I just fell in love with. Like, I fell in love with him, his soul, his person, his personality, not who, you know, everybody that named him or the streets that named him. Mm-hmm. Wow, because I can't see any other woman 
breaking into prison after training for 30 days. Um, I, I just, I, I'm just floored with that. <laughs> I'm sending you the book, T. I'm sending you my book. Cause she did a lot more than that. She she went over what well, she would not. That the title should be what you won't do for love. Cause she has done it, child. When I say she has done it, she has done it. Yeah, she, she really and, and honestly, I, I and any, you know, I'm not gonna say that. What I always tell people is that you know the relation, the the type of relationship that we have can work, but you have to be able to take yourself outside of yourself and put yourself in somebody else's shoes and not be selfish. Mm-hmm. Like, because a lot, of, a lot of times I had to, you know, sit back and reflect, like, why don't I want him talking to this girl? Or why wouldn't I want, you know what I'm saying, him to be dating this girl? And a lot of times it led back to, because I'm scared, you know what I'm saying, he might leave me for her or or she might be more nurturing and healing, or you know what I'm saying, and it, it basically went to jealousy, and and then you know I had to be like I had to just realize the woman that I was like, no, nah, no matter what, no matter how pretty, no matter how good, you know, ain't nobody gonna love him like I love him. It's just man, it's, also, it's also got a lot to do with the man too, like you know what I'm saying, because the man got to be strong and solid too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, in my lifetime, I run across the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? But, again, you know, like, I was raised to be loyal, committed, and living for the sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? And just protecting everything that loved me and that I love. So, with that being said, like, there's nothing that can rock me anyway. I'm talking about when I say I have some of the best of the best, that's some of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, but okay. yeah, but it, it doesn't. It's not going to like to the point to where it's going to have me all up here. I might entertain it for a few days, straight. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to like deviate and run and leave or even threaten my foundation that I'm going to leave. You know what I'm saying? And, and even make them think that I'm going to leave. That's not going to happen. That's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like right. I said, like it's, it's it's very it's like I don't think nobody have the opportunity to. Show me how this woman showed me that she truly loved me. Mm-hmm. That's you know, love. Like, like, yeah. 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 Well, we so it got a lot to do with the man, too, because, you know, she can be as solid as she wants, but if this man is not reciprocating that by protecting her with his love and protection of his man, like, you know, it's only so much she's going to be able to hold on to. And her I mean, woman. That's a whole nother show, Mr. Brown, to hold up a whole nother show. <laughs> because it's true. Like, I really believe that your man has to protect you. And a lot of people think that it's just like protecting people sexually so you wear a condom. No, no. he has to protect you. If he's dating no. five different people, the protection is that those people is not calling your phone. They're not playing, you know, they're not coming to yeah. your house. They're not, doing, they not doing none of that. Yeah, he is he is totally protecting that situation, whether it's family, whomever. You know, he's he's protecting her. He's putting her in a position to where she's secure um, mm-hmm. in his abilities. Because I I really believe that as a woman, you have to secure yourself. We need to stop looking for a man to secure us. If 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 that person is able to say I don't know, then that shouldn't be your only source of security. You know what I'm saying? You have to be able to secure and be secure within yourself and know that if anything happened, you got yourself. But it's nice to know that somebody else got you. Yeah, I mean, you. of course you have to be happy within before anybody else can make you happy anyway. For you to accept it anyway, let me say that. 
Well, wow. we appreciate y'all coming to kick it with us, sharing y'all. I'm going to say love story. Y'all are so cute to me. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are just so cute to me. We can't wait for all the the endeavors that are going to come upon you guys. I'm excited for y'all. We waiting Thank for you. the next book. We waiting for the next book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll give y'all my truest and sincerest apologies too for messing up your script. You all right. <laughs> I, I got a question though. How come Excuse y'all didn't think about. do, how come y'all didn't do, or maybe y'all can do a nonfiction, uh, do a uh, a fiction book? That way, because, see, I always maybe. believe in fiction books, you can, tell, you, you can steal more tea, and then you can change names and situations. But if y'all yeah, just but, took but, y'all's but story they, and put it in. Baby, they so mad at me, I don't even want to play with them. I, I don't even <laughs> want to play with them. I ain't got time for that. I, I, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm skating as I am now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to, you know what I'm saying? Do it this I'm way. That's what they want. That's what they want. You know what I'm that saying? That would be a, a hot theory. Book, yeah, I know. I, I know. It, it, it's, it's true. It's true. Real. And, and and I promise you, like, and 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 if you when you've been through the system, you'll learn that, you know what I'm saying. It's not innocent until proven guilty. You know what I'm saying. Like with me writing a fiction book and them being able to connect some type of dots together, even if they make them up. You know what I'm saying. I had to prove my innocence from prison. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So it's not worth it to me right. to make that sacrifice to give to somebody. For I know it's not worth it. Mhm. I, I, I know for mm-hmm. me, I wanted to tell my story, you know, via the truth, because I know it's a lot of people that I have touched and changed their lives. And actually, I'm just going to give you this. Just from that, I, I got a voicemail on my phone from somebody that bought my book at that hood book headquarters who was actually getting a divorce the very next day. Do you know that lady called me and thanked me? and said that she called the divorce off after she read my book and her and her husband is working on their marriage. That's all I did. Wow. Because I know it's a lot of people out there that really, you know what I'm saying, that they so caught up in what society may think that they scared to, you know, live through and, and be with who they love and who love them. Mm-hmm. But I put she, it out there like, Go ahead, babe. I'm sorry. You know, I put it out there just to be like, y'all not, you know what I'm saying, you not alone. And I, I don't have no shame. Everybody know me. I don't, I don't have no shame in it. No shame in what I do. No shame in who I love. It is what it is. Either you're going to accept me or you're going to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, period. you know, like like for me, like for me, fiction, you know, I come up in the street. So, you know, like I like I said, again, I just can't afford to put that type of stuff out there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But now, Mr. Brown, if she would have bought mm-hmm. the idea of an open marriage to you, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Would you have Would you have considered that? If um, it's the like, was like I said, and it, you were stuck in your mindset. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, like I, I keep telling her, and like I told her from the beginning, if it's somebody that I feel, you know what I'm saying, that's like living in the same line, you know what I'm saying, um, or foundation that I that that I am, yeah, I, I have no problem with that. In actuality, like I had one friend that I felt that was the same, and and this guy here. What did we end up doing, baseball? What we we put we made a trust for him. Yeah, when we we you know how you write a living will and we was you know they mm-hmm. ask like if something happens to both of y'all at the same time, who would y'all entrust y'all kids to? 
And, you mm-hmm. know, at the time, you, you know, Peanut said him. And he's not blood-related to us or anything. He just, people call him his twin because they thought alike, they moved alike. You know, they, it, this, it was like. And mentally, I would have shared my wife, any of my, any of my wives with him, anything I had with him. You feel what I'm saying? But, like, for me coming up in the street, yeah. the only difference is, like, a lot of guys, you know what I'm saying, you know, I've been I've been sought after for robbery my whole life. You feel what I'm saying? My whole life. So it's, it's not so simple for a man to accept certain things because he, he got to be burdened with certain nuances. You know what I'm saying? Like, like women play for emotion. Men play for death. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's it's a totally different ball game when 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 the shoe is on the other foot. You know what I'm saying? So if I if I don't feel no threat in that type of stuff or no threat in what I done built, you know what I'm saying? Then you got some old little Prince Charming coming to run off with it and he ain't did nothing but playing a little. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? I didn't I didn't sit up here and I don't want to get the ATF, DEA, FBI, all these different task force, all these setting up women, all these setting up guys. You know what I'm saying? To let a Prince Charming come share her womb, and, he, and she to just, like, let him manipulate all this. So, you know, like, and yeah, then not only that. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, that's not true. That's <laughs> not true. That's not true. Because I didn't have some situations where, you know what I'm saying, uh, if that's how you feel, let me choose for you. How you want it, long, fat, skinny? Let me, let me choose. Let me put it together because at least I know I'm safe. I'm saying I'm serious. At least I know I'm safe. If, you, if that's what you're feeling and that's what you want and that's what you desire, let me do it for you. Uh-huh. Then I ain't got to worry about. Then I ain't got to worry about coming home from prison with this new nigga that you got that you scared to tell me who he is. And and now he thinking I'm gonna take his everything from him because you probably been providing everything for him mentally, spiritually, socially, and structurally. I get my head hit just on some GP because I don't even know what's going on or who he is. Uh-huh. So he has to be of your children. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and now on some real stuff, like, I have three friends that I've lost that way. Three friends that I've mm. lost that way, that, I, that they come home, their woman ain't tell them that they was in a relationship with a dude. You feel what I'm saying? And and, mm-hmm. and now he ended up getting killed. Now the woman, like, she act like she don't know what's going on. Them tell my they ain't found out about one one of the situations for a whole year later. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So wow. it's different for a man than it is a woman. I will say that much. You know what I'm saying? And it's then, just like I was explaining to you, uh, Leisha, that, you know, men, it's, it's more of a territorial, it's more of a barbaric, where women, it's more of a emotion, feelings. Uh-oh. You got mm-hmm. summer kill now. You got summer kill, but, you know, like they have to be really, really, really driven. And then if the man, mm-hmm. and then if the man on, and then the man on his on his game, like and on his stuff, like it's not going to get that far anyway. Mm. Right. Okay. Well, we appreciate y'all coming to kick it with us today in the chat room, Mister and Mrs. Brown. We, I, I know y'all, I know y'all like it. She called me Mrs. Brown one more time. <laughs> No, I can't help it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate y'all because I know both of y'all are busy. Y'all took time out to come and kick it with us. We want y'all to shout out all of your social media, any events that you have coming up for your books, uh, and where everybody can get your books from. There um, you go first. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm on all social medias as BMB. 
wifey or BMB first lady. Um, our books are both on Amazon. Um, mine's is on uh, my website, and his you can click the link in the in, um, in his bio, and he's known as Mr. BMB on all his social medias. Um, if you want to learn anything Records. about him, Mr. BMB Records, and if you want to learn anything about BMB. Empire or the entertainment company, you can look us up on his website at www.bmbempire.com. And, you know, just follow us on all social medias, and we will keep everybody abreast of all of our new um, and upcoming endeavors. Wow. Thank you guys so much. This has been an enlightening evening for me. But he broke it down. <laughs> Mr. Brown broke it down. He, uh-huh. he broke it down yes, to, he did. to a point yeah. where, like, you know, a lot yeah. of times I, like, men like, can't like, tell like, you like, what's I'm on their mind. Yeah, I'm a king at facing my fears, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like if, I, if I felt like I do it till I'm comfortable, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I sit up and mm-hmm. I let them put it in until I'm comfortable with it. You know, but that's never really mm-hmm. been an issue for me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because <laughs> that's never really been an issue for me. Well, you broke it down to the white meat. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. And please, let this, you know, don't let this be our last time. We want to have you guys back in the chat room. Um, first of all, I love your energy together. And I'm going to be okay. reading this book. <laughs> okay. Well, definitely. And you have to give Mr. B&B's book, is, um, Living for the Sacrifice, by Brian Maurice Brown and Travion Davenport. It's on Amazon as well. And it basically gives you, you know, his background from where he comes from and to how he became with that mantra of living. Because I know a lot of people be like, well, where did he develop this? Like, where did he come up with this? You know, he just living for the sacrifice. But in the book, it tells you from everybody's different views, from his parents to his friends to schoolmates to women to, you know, mm-hmm. ex-women. You know, everybody still love him. Even You know, you know how sometimes... People break up with somebody, and you be like, I hate that. And I would never, nobody ever has anything bad to say. That says a lot about a man. Mm, I'm going to look at that one, too. But thanks so much. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. You you. guys have a good evening. Thanks for having us. All right. right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, my God, They left me speechless. (laughs) And, you know, it's hard to I know. But they the cutest though. I just think they are—they are just the cutest. I just love it. I love it. And you can tell she was smiling the whole time. That's how you know you love your man when you're talking, and then people can know that you're smiling. And that's just mm-hmm. awesome. We have our next fabulous guest. I love him. He keeps me rolling. He is uh, queen of the ratchet. Mr. Joshua Gilliam. <laughs> yes, honey. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Joshua. How you doing? Hi. Hey, I'm so glad Joshua, to be back, you know, guys. I was about to say, it's been a minute since you came to visit us, man. I know. It's been like two years or so. Yes. And you've been, you been doing a lot in them two that. years. You've been, you've been dipping it and doing it in them two years. Oh, you know, you know, got to keep busy trying to, like, support and buy my family a house, you know, a big old house like the Michael Jackson. My sister says Mm -hmm. that she wants, like, a big, big house where all the family can just live at. I don't know if I want to do that, but, yeah. I love it. 
So for all of those mm-hmm. who are not familiar with you, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your journey to Hollywood. Yes, yes, yes. My name is Joshua Gilliard. I am an actor and writer, producer, and a director. Um, I produce my own content. Um, I also audition a lot with my agent. Actually, that's not a lie. The reason why <laughs> the reason why I started um, <laughs> producing my own content was because I um, wasn't getting a lot of auditions and a lot of opportunities, and I felt like I didn't want to wait for someone to put me on. So mm-hmm. I wanted to create opportunities for myself, and I just saw a lack of content um, for the LGBTQ community, and I still feel like we still have a long way to go for the black community on television. And I really just, I really want to be, I am going to be the next Tyler Perry, how he produces content um, in Atlanta. I really see myself doing that um, and eventually having my own network. I love we it. We yeah, put it on out that, there. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have to speak things into existence. Um, That's right. I'm a firm believer if you think it and you believe it and you can see it, um, you it, it'll happen for you. I, I read a lot of motivational books like that, and mm-hmm. I just everything that I've ever wanted, I just spoke into existence, even moving to Atlanta. Um, I moved here with like $1,000. And I just was like, I'm going to figure it out. And I've been here for five years, and I'm just making my own way and my own path. I love it. Now you have a new series, Opposing Views, uh, that you have with Xavier Wilcher. Tell us a little bit about that. What can we expect from this series? Well, um, a little bit about the show. Um, Xavier Wilcher is a professional um, I can't hear you, Josh. Um, huh? Oh, can you hear me? Say it again. I can't hear you now. Say it again. Uh, he's dance. Yeah, he's um he's a professional dancer. He's danced with um Usher, Tinashe, Kendrick Lamar, Gwen Stefani, um Chris Brown, to name a few. And um he was looking to get into acting last year. Um, mm-hmm. he had saw my um web series Gunkel. Um. And he DM'd me and said he just wanted to have a meeting with me because he wanted to pitch this idea to me. So mm-hmm. I usually don't do that, but um, mm-hmm. I, I believe in saying yes. So he sat down with me, and he basically said, you know, I'm a heterosexual black man. Um, I have a lot of gay friends, and I really want to bridge the gap between black heterosexual men and gay black hetero- gay black men because there is mm-hmm. a big divide. Um where we just don't have this come togetherness. It's like um, they kind of shun us. And he was pitching this to me. He said, you know, I really want to do a show like Friday or the Waynes Brothers. We're at uh, Subway having this conversation. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, well, let's try. Let's just try doing one episode. Let's let's do one episode and see how it goes. And I loved his energy. So this show, uh, Opposing Views, is basically um, about – two uh, African-American men from different sides of the spectrum. Um, They moved to Atlanta, Georgia to pursue their entertainment careers. One happens to be heterosexual. The other one has to be homosexual, and they're best friends. They grew up together, and they're just trying to make it in the industry. But they do have different views on things. Um, Mm -hmm. My character is a Democrat or Republican, and he actually wasn't a fan of Obama being in office and doesn't necessarily – 
think Trump is a bad president, um, and Xavier is the opposite of that. So there's a lot of stuff besides just the the spectrum thing that we touch on. We touch on politics. We touch on um, views on dating, um, views on women, um, and different things like that. We filmed 20 episodes. Each episode is a little under um, two minutes, if not a minute, and it's kind of like an Insta-series. What makes mm-hmm. it different from the other Insta-series are um, I really wanted to bring a, a film, a cinematic feel to Instagram and two short videos, so we took our time with it. We started back in November. The first episode will be released tomorrow, and I think that's about 59 seconds to a minute. So you'll just see mm-hmm. these two people's journey as they try to make it as two black men. Um, so what we're hoping to do with this show is basically show that even though one person is homosexual and one person is heterosexual, the idea is that being black in America is difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're homosexual or if you are heterosexual. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a trying time to be black in America right now. And mm-hmm. what if we all as black people saw each other as equal? So that's what we're trying to do with this show. It is a comedy, and it's a lot mm-hmm. of things where it's just like laugh out loud funny, but that's basically what we're trying to do with it. Mm-hmm. Now, Josh, this is Tony. Before I listen to the audience, are all the episodes uh, on Instagram, or if not, where can they see them and listen to them? Yes. Um, all of the episodes will be posted on all social media platforms. Um, my mm-hmm. YouTube channel, Joshua Gilliard. You can also see it on Instagram, um, Opposing Views, O-P-P-O-S-I-N-G, Views, V-I-E-W-S, um, uh-huh. underscore the series. Um, and you can follow that page, and all of the episodes will be posted on there. It will also be posted on um, Facebook, um, opposing views the series if you research that and it'll also be posted on my personal pages Joshua Gilliard and I also have another show um, where all my content is posted Queen of the Ratchet so we're hitting all social media platforms where you can just see the show mm, awesome now this is Leisha we have to say who we are because we sound so much alike you do oh. I was like <laughs> Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> now, how hard, what was the most difficult part uh, of this production um, by you being um, attracted to men and him being attracted to women? Are we talking about um, the technical side or are we talking about um, the writing Both. side? Both, the writing um, side, the technical the most... side, putting it together, even yeah, like okay. right down to the brainstorming. I think the most difficult part about this is um, Xavier is he he works consistently as a dancer. He was just on tour with Escape, so we had filmed about four episodes before Christmas, and he came to me and he was like, "I got to go on tour for three months," and we had to take a break until January. So I think the the hardest the most challenging thing was. Um, getting it done, but we were both so, like, adamant on getting it done where we got up at 7 o'clock in the morning sometimes and shot the episodes 
because he was in rehearsal and I had to go to work or I had another show going on. So we made the sacrifice to get up early to shoot it. Um, as far as, like, the packaging is like, the homosexual and the heterosexual thing, I think what I admired most about it, Xavier, was it wasn't a challenge to put this together with him. I was hesitant at first. And I think it was a mental block for me because I had worked with other heterosexual black men. And I'll just say that for me, I find it difficult from other projects that it's hard for them to see me on. So sometimes I feel like it's hard for me to get my message across or they don't see me as an equal, but it wasn't difficult Mm -hmm. with him. And I had to not bring... I had to get rid of that baggage from other shows and mm-hmm. start fresh with this one. So, yeah. Mm. That's a good question. This is this is Tony Josh because I wanted to know, and I I would love to hear Xavier's side as well. You know, the, mm-hmm. your your take, what you, what you each took away from working with each other and and so closely, you know, and do you have a different perspective on the the heterosexual as well as the homosexual? you know, side of the business, the way you approach it, what you take away from it, you know, working so closely with each other. So I would love to. Yes. So we're going to have to have you guys back together because of this course. is something and that the you can bounce off of each he, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason why he he has, he has, he, he uh, so I also want to bring up that Xavier is also on Star on, um, so he works really? so he, he, he dances on Star and he also mm-hmm. did Honey, and he was on Step Up, um, Step Up, um, the series up on that. YouTube. So I he's love and he, that. he he's worked a lot. So he was supposed to be on with me tonight, but he also mm-hmm. um, does a lot of artist development. So his schedule right. was really busy and everything with that. Well, Xavier, um, we don't have to let him know. We don't have to. Yeah, we don't want to start a conversation. Yeah, back yeah, together. I would love. Because we got some whole, that's a whole nother show and questions for him with balance. You know, and, and yeah, you yeah, do yeah. a lot as right. well. How do you balance everything? Where where does that balance come from? I think it's just, uh, and for him and for, for both of us, I think I did, what I learned from this experience is you can't take your past experience into your new experience. Because mm. I was taking, I was seeing and I had to let myself, and the older I get as a man, I have to tell myself that just because this person is this way, it doesn't reflect the whole group of people. Not every heterosexual right. black man is right. like that. And for, it was just, it was very comforting to look mm-hmm. at somebody that, because one of my big, one of my concerns when I first sat down with him, I said, you know, when this show comes out, because you're associated with me, people might think you're gay. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've dealt with that before, and he was like, I don't care about that. You know how many bad bitches I've had? Like, I don't give a fuck if they think I'm gay. And his response mm-hmm. to that was amazing to me because I've dealt with some heterosexual black men that, you know, being associated with me and people think that they're gay because they're doing a show with the LGBTQ character made them mm-hmm. uncomfortable, which mm. I didn't. Like, I, I, I needed to know to let go of that past experience. Right. That's deep, Joshua. That's, 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 and that's the growth in you as an individual, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm still growing. Y'all know. Y'all watch my lives, so I'm still growing. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all a work in y'all progress. Know. I could be a little petty, you know. <laughs> but um, I would I, I would love to come back with him because his perspective, and I, I think really because this was a show that was brought to me, um, mm-hmm. and he can't even speak on like on his experiences as a dancer where he felt left out because a lot of the dance world has a lot of, you know, LGBTQ people and women, and he kind of felt left out of that circle Uh because he was a heterosexual black man. So it was like Uh he was not being accepted in that society like I was feeling like that. So it was like two people Uh coming together with the same understanding of things. Wow. Well, Josh, you know you are always welcome here. Don't let it be another two years. You know this is your home. Yeah, you know. Don't be sad with me and Lisa so long again. Now we want yeah, you well, back you know, whenever your schedule. <laughs> I'm bringing back Gunkle, my niece and nephew, um, Jaden and Iris. Um, we're they're coming um, back, and we're going to be filming some more Gunkle and um, Jaden and myself. I don't know if you've ever seen Freaky Friday. Um, uh-huh. The old um, me and Jaden are going to do a version of Freaky Friday, um, where him and I switch bodies and everything. But it'll be because I've never seen oh. <laughs> a black version of Freaky Friday, and I would love okay. to tackle that. So that'll be coming out in uh, on Halloween. So I would love to come oh. back, especially having the kids come on and everything, because they've gotten older, as you know too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, in a minute. And I have a, I got a question because you know we we got to get you on here to talk about Queen of the Ratchet and everything. Oh yeah, so much to talk <laughs> I was about with you. So yeah, much. I was just talking to somebody <laughs> about that. So Queen of the Ratchet is my um comedy series that I do, and what I'm trying to really do with that is I really want to make and in living color for millennials. Um, but very cable-oriented and social media-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it does have ratchet in the title. A lot of people turn their nose up that at the word ratchet, um, mm-hmm. and I don't. I think that in sometimes we hold things in that we really want to say, and sometimes that's not always the best thing. So that channel is basically a world where – Cartoon characters and people can unapologetically just be themselves in a comedic way. And what I'm hoping to really do with that show is eventually once I weed away from doing the If Disney is Ratchet stuff, it's going to be like an In Living Color series where, you know, like every day you sit down and there's a really well-produced and filmed sketch or something that you could just sit down and watch because I really do Mm -hmm. feel like comedy is therapy for the soul. And I've had so many people come on and message me and say, you know, this is helping me get through depression. And this is helping Mm -hmm. me um, get through this surgery that I'm going through. And um, you've helped me become more, like I've had LGBTQ people that have messaged me and said, you know, you helped me live in my skin comfortably. So I I just want to help that show um, grow. So, yeah. Mm. Nice. And how how well, you a Disney busy, feel? Busy man. Yeah, because <laughs> you got so much going on. You need like a whole. Well, you know, show I really want. Yeah, I really want it. To, <laughs> <laughs> I really want it to be where you know, if you don't like Queen of the Ratchet or you don't like opposing views or you don't like Gunkle or you're not a fan of Oddly Odin, well, it's like okay, I haven't created 
your show yet. You know, I, I eventually want to mm-hmm. do a sci-fi show and I want to do an action show. So it's like, I, I, and I'm interested in working with other people and collaborating with, uh, collaborating with other people on different types of content because I just, I, I really want to get on that level of like Tyler Perry and Oprah and Lee Daniels where people are bringing me things and I'm creating jobs for women and LGBTQ people because I really still feel like black women as a whole aren't on television enough and I want mm-hmm. to change that. So there's so much stuff that I'm like, man, how do I help create these these opportunities for people that aren't being seen? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's real. That's, and it's so important. You want yeah. to see yourself on, t- on, 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 on the screen, you know, it, or exactly. someone that looks like you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And how many, and before there was like, think about this, when before there was Princess Tiana, and, I mean, she, she kind of doesn't count because she was a frog through most of the movie. But before Princess Tiana, how many black girls could sit there and say, I, I can see myself as a Disney princess because that person looks like me? Or I can see mm-hmm. myself doing this because that person looks like me. And there's just not enough of that. And little kids and people should be able to see themselves on TV and different personalities on TV because we're all human and we're all different and there's different people right. that come across in your life every day. That's true. Even the people mm-hmm. that you had on earlier, they were they were interesting to me. I was like, this is an interesting what? couple. Like, they, yeah, I was like, they, I mean, they need their own little – I was like, at first I was like, okay, this is different. And I was judging at first, and I was like, no, these people need their own. I would watch this because this is fascinating me too. to me, and it's different. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the point. That's opening your mind up to different things, too. When you see something different, it opens your mm-hmm. mind up to not be such ju- so judgmental because the reason why we're so judgmental, and the reason, one of the reasons why racism is so heavy is because of who's in office, and what is being said, and what they're watching mm-hmm. on television. And mm-hmm. we as content creators and people that are putting out stuff, we have to change that. We have to tell people, look, this person is different. They're, they don't see the world as you. They might not be religious. They might not believe in God. They might be gay or transgender, but they're still mm-hmm. Well, you heard me, Joshua. You heard me tell them, y'all gave me a lot to be thinking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave me a lot to think about. I was like, right? Okay. <laughs> you and me both. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we appreciate you. We know you are busy. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. We want you to shout out I all appreciate the you guys having media, me on. Where everybody oh, can the see your series, what days you post yeah. them, all that good stuff. Well, the first episode will be out tomorrow on Friday on all social media mm-hmm. platforms. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, you make sure you come back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I would love to be back. You're very welcome. You have a great weekend. Okay, Joshua? <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Okay. You're welcome. Lish, we had a great, great lineup tonight. Everyone was just awesome. Yes, tonight was we had a great show. I loved having Mr. and Mr. and Mrs. Brown on. Mr. Larry Smith, we can't wait to have you back on. We are going to be waiting for that 
diploma and that next book. We're excited. <laughs> we can't wait for <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Brown's new show that we're just putting out there in the air. And Joshua Gill, a lot of the tonight, Leash. We took yes, a lot of confirmations we, tonight. <laughs> yes, we did. Joshua Gill, we just want to say when you get that Emmy, um, please don't forget us. Don't be acting like you don't right. know who we are when we knocking at the door trying to come in. <laughs> right. We, we, Leash, we don't want to have to be talking to his people. <laughs> right. Ha, call my people and um, they'll see what they can do. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> we love it We appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us In the chat room We will see y'all tomorrow We have Hood Legend Street Lit Author Quan mm-hmm. Coming to kick it with us He's going to come in and talk books Projects and things he has come going on In his world And in his mind See what we got coming out new we appreciate mm-hmm. him because we know he stay busy. So I'm glad that yes. he's able to take that time to come and kick it with us here in the chat room. We appreciate y'all, and we will see y'all tomorrow. Good night, everybody. <laughs>